Hi, and welcome to On and Off, our podcast covering the on-premise and off-premise beverage alcohol industry. I'm Melissa Dowling, editor of Cheers. And I'm Kyle Swartz, editor of Beverage Dynamics Magazine. Today, we're joined by Elizabeth McCall, who was announced in recent weeks as the new master distiller at Woodford Reserve, following in the footsteps of her longtime mentor and the living whiskey legend himself, Chris Morris, who becomes master distiller emeritus. Congrats on the new title, Elizabeth. Thank you so much. It's still all sinking in at the moment. <laughs> it was literally last week, I think, correct? Yep, last Monday. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, that's Again, what I thought. You said recent weeks. I'm like, I think it really just happened. <laughs> yeah. like 10 days ago. Actually, re re recent days, recent days. Yeah, 10 days ago as of right now, 10 a.m. Because my husband was like, three more minutes until they're announcing it. I'm like, stop. <laughs> <laughs> there must have been, of course, such uh, excitement you had knowing the plans ahead of time as you move into such an announcement. Yes, it, it was. It was like, um, actually, our PR um, manager, Chris Pointer, said it best. He was like, it's like your wedding day. Mm. You know, you plan and you plan and because we've been planning for it. And and honestly, I mean, Chris Morris and I have talked about it for years. And then it actually comes and you're it's overwhelming, just the reality of it. And I actually took a moment. And also, you know, what was really moving and when I think about it, it's all the love and support from colleagues and mm. friends and just people in the industry who were excited for me. And I had to, I was reading them and I had to stop. Cause I was like, I can't read anymore. This is so amazing. <laughs> and I just had a moment and, you know, and I'm expecting, so I feel like my emotions are a little oh. heightened. At right Congratulations. Now. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you have a lot going on right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's busy. <laughs> you know, I, you know, to, to the point that you made about people being very happy for you and happy for the brand, you know, the story that we put up on it was one of our most read stories of the last year, I believe. I think people are very happy to see Woodford Reserve going in such a positive direction. Oh, that's, I love hearing that because there, it could go one of two ways, you know, mm. either people can be embracing and, and proud or they can go, what the heck, what were they thinking? <laughs> well, I think with you, you know, certainly you've been with the brand for so long, like you said, and you've been working with Chris for so long, like you said, and Chris, you know, he, he has his hands on the shape of the modern whiskey scene as much as anybody, someone who really uh, define the modern whiskey boom, uh, Chris. So what was it like working with him for so long uh, and following in his footsteps here? You know, it's so interesting how our relationship has evolved because I remember when I was working in the lab as a technician and Chris Morris would come into the lab to do sensory panel. And it was like, oh, this is Chris Morris is here. He is a legend and like this rock star. And I remember like having a bottle, like could he possibly sign a bottle for me this is crazy you know and he's and then you get to know him and now I mean he's truly family I, I jokingly call him my bourbon dad and so it's been this evolution of of comfort and learning but um learning from him is something I've never taken for granted and I still don't because as you said I mean he's a person who has truly changed the face of the industry. And I mean, not he alone. I mean, he, but he and some of the other greats and he talks about like hanging out with Bill Samuels and them cutting it, cutting it up. And he, he gives so much love and respect to him about just his brilliance and, and how he thought in the industry with marketing and all that. Mm. And so I've really absorbed as much as I can, but I've also had to learn that I am not Chris Morris and mm. I am not, I mean, he's, I think he's in, in, in like a walking encyclopedia. He just yes. remembers everything, right? Yes. <laughs> so, I'm glad you said yeah. one of my favorite things when I interview Chris Morris is going into the interview. I will try to come up with like three or four of the most obscure whiskey facts I can find on the internet. 
And then without warning, I will ask him the questions in the middle of the interview just to see if he knows. And I don't think he's ever gotten a question wrong. It's incredible. No. He really is a walking encyclopedia. Yeah, he's a walking encyclopedia. So I had to come to terms with the fact that I am not a walking <laughs> encyclopedia. You know, I am a proud like ADD person. It takes me like three times of screwing up to actually learn and figure it out. And um, but that's my style and that's who I am. But I'm a hard worker and I'm mm. passionate. And I think that those things have gotten me very far in this career. And I just I freaking I love Woodford Reserve so much. And I love talking about the work that I do with this whiskey and the brand and the people who help make it. Yeah. So, I mean, going forward, I'm sure innovation and experimentation are, are still going to be very important. Um, do you have any plans you could share as to what you might be working on or emphasizing? Yeah. Um, so Chris has given me sort of the reins over the past few years to start managing our innovation um, with our whiskey and learn from how he's done that. And um, so I will have, it's funny, I'm like, well, I did a master's collection in the heart of COVID. It was supposed to be different. And we shifted gears because we were like, all right, we don't want to put too much on our distillery operators because we were operating on it like we had to do everything remotely. We weren't considered essential to the site, which is weird, but like we were just making bourbon, you know, and like our operators are fantastic at making bourbon. So they're like, Chris and Elizabeth, you can't go out there. You can't go check on things like unless something really bad goes wrong, like we don't, we don't need you. So we were kind of removed and I had to do everything remotely for our master's collection. And it was like, what can we do? That's going to be easy grain source. So we did a, a weeded bourbon which Woodford has never done a weeded bourbon. And I worked with our brand new distillery manager who also is a woman and she's fantastic. And um, so we were in tight communication throughout this whole thing. And and she was like, so when is that whiskey going to come out? And I was like, well, Lindsay, um, it'll probably be like 10 years from now. So hold tight because <laughs> it's going to be a while um, before we see it. But so um, I've had an impact kind of really like, so in 10 years, and it's silly to say like 10 years from now, we'll get to taste whiskey. That was actually just solely kind of my thought and not Chris's too, but, um, but I've had an impact though, recently just on, um, the distillery series, cause that's a quick turnaround. And a lot of those are blends. So pulling all those samples and, and tasting them and putting little batches together and tasting them. And it's like, you go in my office, I was talking to a colleague and she was like, so what, you don't have anything in your office. And I was like, no, I'm not much of a decorator. Um, but <laughs> I had a lot of fun whiskey samples. So come and we can taste all these whiskey samples. Cause that's the space that I'm in. Um, so that's been a lot of fun doing all of that. Um, but I think the other thing that I'm heavily involved in is our sustainable grains and, and working on in that space with our, we have a entire team at Brown Foreman dedicated to sustainability. And then I'm on a committee to focus on that and also on the board of Dentry Fund, which is a we're kind of like a little incubator space for bringing people together to um, figure out how do we grow rye in Kentucky on a commercial scale. Because right now, you if you're buying a mass quantity of rye for your production, you have to source it from northern regions because that's where it grows really well. Um, and then and, and like, you know, like Poland and, and Germany are huge producers of rye because their climate is conducive to it. And um, barley, I mean, that's another one that I cannot wait to start working on that. And um, we have a lot, 
and a lot of people are getting interested in this space. So it's making it easier to, uh, to start to unravel. How do we, how do we do this? But, um, so that's a strong, um, passion of mine and, um, it's just good for, it'll be really good for our economy and just diversifying our suppliers. Um, so I'm, I'm really passionate about that. And I think that you'll see more of that coming in the, in the near future. Absolutely. You know, you brought up uh, the distillery manager, Lindsay, back there. Just wanted to say the last time I was at Woodford Reserve in the middle of pandemic, she gave myself and a couple of my colleagues a very uh, good interview, a very, very um, smart person uh, over there. Lindsay's a rock star. Yeah, great, great time Uh, with her. You brought up sustainability. You were just mentioning it there. You talked a little bit about why it was important, but just, you know, to ask a very rhetorical question, if you wanted to expand a little bit more on why sustainability is so important for the whiskey industry. Yeah. Oh, and sustainability is multifaceted. You know, you think about it just from a, an environmental standpoint, um, but it it is, we learned a lot going through COVID that supply chains, like if you're getting stuff outside of the U.S., it can be a challenge. Um, and why can't we source locally? And, and I had wanted to do that even before going into COVID, we started this project. So it didn't really, it wasn't fully related to that. It was more about um, just wanting to see our industry thrive for another for hundreds of years to come and if we aren't treating the soil the right way in our I mean we're we are an agricultural business we have to have uh, make sure that the the farmers the land is taken care of uh, from the grains to the water to the oak that we need uh, for our barrels so all of those pieces are really really important to our, our um, business growing and, and staying relevant for years to come and, and surviving. Um, but the other piece is then sustainability from a human people workforce. And, um, and that was one that with the Kentucky Distillers Association, um, we've really focused on enlightening people to all the jobs that are in the distilling space that we need. And, and young people that you don't really think, you don't have to, I don't have a chemical engineering uh, degree. My degree is in psychology, and here I am. So you don't need to necessarily be in these super sciencey fields. You can work at the home place, and and work in the hospitality industry, and be related to the bourbon industry. So there's so many different avenues to working and supporting this industry, and so that's something we're really passionate about too, is enlightening everybody to all the areas. Yeah, it's it just. It seems like just a few years ago, the concept of a female master distiller was pretty radical. And now, um, you know, it just seems like we're getting tons of announcements of, of people being named to that position or just, you know, getting into the business in general. I mean, do you think there's just um, more interest in women getting into distilling or maybe more acceptance from, you know, kind of a traditional industry? Yeah, I think that I was just with a lot of my female colleagues in New York last week, and we talked a lot about this. And I think it's just this um, snowball sort of effect of um, you see one woman doing it. And then you're like, oh, well, I could do that. And then it's people are, as a whole, the industry, people are interested in bourbon now, which they weren't. You know, when I started in 2009, it was we were on the cusp of that, like people were just starting to go well, what is bourbon and what, how is it different than whiskey? Is it whiskey? What is it? And so now people are educated and there's a general, the interest has increased and it's no longer perceived as just your, your dad's drink or your grandpa's drink. And now it's kind of, so it's gained this cachet and trend. And I think there's a much greater openness in the industry overall. Um, 
that's something that I, I'm so happy to see is that the inclusivity of this industry from no matter what color your skin is to male, female, to where you are in the LGBTQ space, like kind of everybody's welcome here. And it's really been the last few years that I've felt this shift. And I think it's because we're starting to see more people in it. So there's been the gained interest in the space and then people applying for jobs that may not be, I mean, I fear if you looked at my resume, you'd probably go, well, she shouldn't have this job. I mean, if you looked at it on paper, I'm just going to be honest. I mean, um, and, and I, and there's a little bit of that imposter syndrome, but then to Kyle, I think what you were saying before, or, you know, we're, we master distillers are different. You, you take all t- shapes and sizes and everybody has an influence. That's really good, um, to this. And, um, to defining what a master distiller is, but you know, you can have a chemical engineer, you can have people who are psychology backgrounds and, uh, or people that are just passionate. I get reached out from people who are like, well, I was a, an art major and I just love whiskey and how do I get into this space? I mean, and so that's kind of where I think it's a really passion driven industry. Mm. And if you're passionate, like people, I mean, cause I think about you all, you do a podcast and who knew that you were going to be doing this probably 10 years ago, right? Mm. <laughs> I'll tell you, before I covered alcohol, I covered politics. If you had told me during when I was covering politics that I'd be writing about alcohol, I'd be doing backflips and joy. You know, who, who knew that <laughs> it could be such a job as writing about alcohol as opposed to writing yeah. about horrible politicians? Um, this is my yeah. favorite kind of interview because I love the interviews where you answer the questions before we ask them. It makes our job much easier, speaking of doing podcasts. And I did want to ask you, for younger people getting into the industry, you already gave a lot of great advice, but is there anything else you would tell someone who's looking to get into the industry and, of course, you know, get on a, the sort of career path that you yourself have been on? Yeah, I always encourage people when they want to get into this industry to say yes to opportunities that come their way. Um, I started at the bottom. I mean, I started sensory technician. And I think a lot of people that are my colleagues, they all started in those spaces as well. And you can learn a lot by having to do all the grunt work. <laughs> and because um, that's really what what making whiskey is and, and all that. So I think say yes to um, entry level positions and and then just keep saying yes to random opportunities. I mean, if I hadn't said yes to Chris Morris being like, do you, I mean, I said, yeah, I took a, well, what really, what kind of got me here? I mean, it's like, it wasn't like Chris just all of a sudden saw me in the hallway and was like, Hey, would you want to <laughs> train to be a master taster one day? I mean, I was working in the space. I had voiced my interest in just, pre- I loved presenting. I loved training people on our whiskeys. I loved um, sharing kind of the best practices on how to nose and taste and, and all of that. So, and I had a genuine curiosity and, um, and I let that lead me in the, in the path of just saying yes to like, okay, well, we think that you should go and travel and, and teach people about our whiskey. Would you want to do that or teach people about our, our sensory methodology? I'm like, yes, I would like to do that. Mm. And even though I didn't go to school for that, but I was passionate about that. And so I followed what I was passionate about and, um, and voiced my interest in that. And so it was like all those things meeting, there was a, uh, internal educational class that was geared towards people in sales and marketing. And it was run by Chris Morris on is called spirits Academy. And it was just learning about our spirits. And I, I was like, well, I work with them every day and I want to know the other side of it. And I want to know a little bit more and what a cool opportunity. And luckily the class didn't fill up because I was waitlisted. And, um, 
because it wasn't priority for me and my job or considered mm. that. But um, I got put in the class and it changed the trajectory of my career because I, Chris Morris kind of saw me in a different way, not just the girl in, in the lab setting up the panels, mm. but now, you know, I'm here and I'm asking him 10 million questions about <laughs> everybody. You know, it was like, I mean, you had the master distiller. I'm like, well, why does vodka, what's the difference between vodka and grain neutral spirit? And well, mm. why does do different vodkas taste differently? And then you're asking, well, whiskeys, like, well, let's talk about the different flavor profiles of whiskeys. And I just had so many questions and it was like, I took the opportunity to, to ask all the questions and, um, and it paid off because I made left a little imprint on his brain, like, huh she might be good in this role. And, and then, you know, opportunity was there. Um, they were looking for somebody to fill a role for master taster and, and there I was. So it's just kind of, um, very serendipitous, but, um, but, and that's part of it too. I mean, that's the other thing people are like, I want to be a master distiller. And I'm like, that's good. And, but th those jobs are very minimal. There's not a lot mm. of them. And, um, so find something that you're passionate about and then within that space and maybe it, it will evolve to that sort of. In um, working with some of the tasting panels, do you find that women are better tasters than men? You know, that's, I guess it's been scientifically proven right, that women have more taste buds and have a more sensitive palate, but um, we have some really great tasters that are men. And I think it comes from practice makes perfect. I think that it's interesting when you take novice people that are sitting down, like, cause this happens a lot when we're doing like personal selection tastings and, and with people and they come and they're like, oh, well, I brought, you know, my wife who doesn't really enjoy whiskey. And then we sit down and do the tasting a lot of times the women are really good at picking out different flavor differences and, mm. and, and for a first time go at it. But I think anybody can really learn. I mean, Chris Morris is a fantastic taster and mm. obviously he's a man. So, um, and there are a lot of men tasting. So I think that it's kind of a, a learned thing. I, I like to think that, you know, like my sensory gets better when I do it every day and, and challenge myself and, and kind of, yeah, put my palate to the test. So I think that it's kind of everybody can do it. When I was receiving that excellent tour from distillery manager, Lindsay, she was talking about how Woodford Reserve was expanding its production. Um, I'm assuming that project is still ongoing. Is there anything you can share about how that's going and where you look to the future with increased production? Yeah. Um, so we're, yeah, Lindsay and the team like have navigated beautifully through our, our expansion. Um, so we've got the three new pot stills are up running our eight new fermenters are up and running you know there were definitely the occasional hiccups along the way as you expect um and and we just work together on on how do we navigate through that space and so it's been um but tasting the whiskey it's phenomenal i mean there i'm just i'm thrilled because you can't tell a difference and it's been and you're always really worried i mean that was the thing i was most worried about is that we're going from stainless steel fermenters that we're putting in you know, or well coming from our cypress wood fermenters and then you've got clean stainless steel is that going to cause an impact from flavor from a fermentation standpoint um, and then you've got the three new pot stills which we did everything we could working with our engineers to make sure that they were the exact you know replicas of the original stills just mirror images and the distillate's great. It's so good. And so we're we're building more warehouses and the expansion has been going really, really well. I'm so happy with it. 
That's great. I think we probably just have time for one more. So I wanted to ask, do you have any thoughts on where this modern whiskey boom is headed? Um, you know, I, I think, well, I'll just say what excites me because I don't know where it's going to go. I think it's going to sustain for quite some time. I mean, that's what we're, we're building for that future. Um, that's why we've, we've doubled our capacity. So I think the whiskey boom is kind of here to stay. And I think what's really, really fun is that people are so open to, all getting weird with their whiskey. I mean, <laughs> just yep. say it that way. Um, because you look like when I hear Chris Morris talk about like when he was innovating with master's collection, I mean, he was one of the first people to really do weird things with whiskey and he got ridiculed for it. You know, people are like, you're putting beautiful bourbon into a Chardonnay barrel. How dare you do that? But now that's like, common. I mean, now it's like, people are like, how weird can I get? What's the weirdest, most rare barrel I can get my hands on to finish my whiskey in and talk about it. So now there's so much acceptance for this. And, um, and so it's taken that rigidity away from the industry. So I think it makes people really just want to kind of step in and just try something and they're willing to just try it. And, um, and that I think is what's going to carry us through. And then you look at younger generations are are drinking um maybe a little less we're seeing the trends mm-hmm. kind of go to less and they're spirit-free cocktails and um lower proof and so i think that that's interesting trend as well it's not that people don't want to consume what what i'm making because it is alcohol in it but they want to make sure that when they are consuming they're drinking something that's good quality and and that they can feel really good about. And so I feel with our sustainability efforts in, in our space that that's really going to set us up well for the future and where um, our future consumers are going. So I think there's excitement and I don't see it going away. And I think that we're positioning ourselves really well for, for this growth. Great. Yeah, it certainly sounds like it. Well, thank you so much, Elizabeth, for taking the time to talk to us. I can't imagine how busy you are right now <laughs> <laughs> after the after the announcement, but uh, we really appreciate it. And, you know, best of luck with what you're doing at Woodford. Well, thank you both for having me on and chatting with me. It's been wonderful. Absolutely. Again, congratulations to Elizabeth. That's phenomenal news. We're all very much looking forward to seeing uh, the future Woodford Reserve there. And thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in to another episode of On and Off podcast. And uh, until our next one, cheers. Cheers. If you enjoyed the On and Off podcast, please hit the subscribe button. Also, you can find more great content at cheersonline.com and beveragedynamics.com, including recipes, product reviews, and interviews with the movers and shakers of the beverage alcohol industry. You can also sign up for our free weekly e-newsletters for both publications on our websites. Cheers! Cheers!